Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Whether there should be a public review of the mass shooting in Nova Scotia in April or whether there should be a public inquiry. And uh, the people of Nova Scotia and really the people of Canada said, no, 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 we're not going to settle for a for a, a review by three appointed individuals. We want a public inquiry. And um, Ottawa capitulated, as did the government of Nova Scotia, and then they started pointing fingers at each other. Now, the news, there's, there are news stories that are coming out about this terrible, terrible reality. And one of them is that an individual by the name of uh, Peter Allen Griffin who uh, was in prison for a drug charge, a drug conviction, and was uh, a motorcycle going by outside because I'm broadcasting from home, double pane windows. And he was, uh, he was paroled, and he left Alberta and went to Nova Scotia, which he wasn't supposed to do. But this guy uh, is charged with having printed those fake decals for the fake RCMP cruiser that was used by the uh, by the killer, and uh, Scott Newark joins us to speak about that on uh, on the Roy Green Show. Scott, of course, is former Crown Prosecutor, also professor of the Terrorism, Risk, and Security Studies program at Simon Fraser University. That's a master's program, which is attended by senior Canadian police officials. Yeah. Their students. Hey, Scott. Uh, first of all, do you think we would have found this out if it, if it was going to be just a, an inquiry and or, uh, a review instead of an inquiry? I think your instincts are correct, and uh, we've talked about this a couple of times. As there's been more and more news uh, revealed about this, this is just another example of something of some you know odd systemic behavior. And my understanding, Roy, is that, and I'm only going from a story on uh, Friday, is that he hasn't been charged yet, but he had his parole revoked even though before that the RCMP had described him as completely cooperative, but the parole board said that he had lied and he covered things up and that uh, he's under criminal investigation with respect to, in effect, what is uh, theft in the, from uh, what he did by working at his employer's place. And when you look at his background that's revealed in the media, this confirms uh, what I described a couple of weeks ago. I got a bad feeling about this case, uh, which is that this guy who was the shooter... Uh, may have actually had, shall we say, a financial relationship with the RCMP, because he appears to have been working with this guy who is, uh, uh, shall we say, somebody of uh, extreme criminal interest, to put it mildly. And so I think that really goes to the point of the importance of our justice system and its officials and its institutions being accountable. And that means that, you know, they get to be asked the right questions with a formalized mandate and not simply some kind of closed-door session where the institutions look after themselves. So, again, this is a case worth keeping an eye on. So here's a question. Am I understanding this correctly? And and correct me if I I don't understand it, but my sense was what what I read, and again, if I read it properly, is this uh, Mr. Griffin violated parole conditions by returning to Nova Scotia. Why wouldn't that have been acted on? I, I had thought that that was actually that he was while well, he was out on bail. Is that what it was? Okay. But right. what he was returned for, at least as reported, was his behavior in illegally uh, preparing these uh, materials that right. the um, uh, the, the uh, shooter ultimately used and lying to the police about it, which is of itself a criminal offense. But again, I, I know I'd be asking the question, well. If the parole board can figure this out, how the hell could the RCMP not figure this out? Well, exactly. 
it, exactly. it just demonstrates the importance of never forgetting uh, that the our justice system is something. It's not the private preserve of lawyers uh, or cops or judges. It belongs to uh, the public. It is a public system, and public confidence in the system itself is an absolute cornerstone to it. And making sure that uh, people get to get the right information, because it's not just about you know having the after-the-fact inquiry, but it's about getting accurate information about what's going on is critically important to that, especially, in my opinion, as we are increasingly moving back to sort of the say one thing, do another justice system. Yeah. Well, as you know, and uh, I, I don't, I think you were part of this program, and we've talked about it before, when a former assistant attorney general for the state of Washington yes. was on the show in the 1990s. His first name was Doug, and I can't remember his last name, but I'll find it. He uh, he said that if, if the public doesn't have confidence in the justice system, then you don't have a justice system. Yeah. No, look, and it's absolutely true, and it's, you know, uh, some uh, an aspect of things that we've been discussing for years, I saw another story about a convicted terrorist, Kevin uh, Omar Mohammed, who was uh, supposed it was, it was in the news last year because even though the parole board said he was a high risk to society, he was released supposedly on statutory release, which is a federal release from a federal sentence. And it was reported this week that actually he's been returned because he breached his conditions. He was arrested, detained, and then released, but he's facing a charge of breach of probation, which is a provincial sentence offense. So what's going on here? Yeah. What was he actually convicted of? Yeah. We need to get the truth. That's it's, it's something. Uh, we have about a, just about a minute, but tell us, please, a little bit about your about your the course that you're teaching at SFU, the master's uh, course, um, Terrorism, Risk, and Security Studies program, which major senior police officials are attending. Yeah, well, it's actually, you know, in many ways, um, it's rooted in the same kinds of things that you and I talk about in the sense that, um, you know, it's important that everybody understands what are the critical issues, like what's really happening. And so I teach one in the balancing of civil rights and liberties with public safety and national security, because in today's world, that is incredibly important. And you need to understand where our system's origins came from, because, you know, our justice system wasn't invented by the Federal Department of Justice 10 years ago. It's got basic foundational principles. The second one is how to develop effective policy. And you're right. And kudos to uh, Simon Fraser University uh, uh, personnel for setting up this program, because they consciously decided that they wanted to go after students who were professionals in the law enforcement field. Yeah, so it's okay. senior people in police, law enforcement, intelligence, military, right. cybersecurity, government. It's really quite something, and I'm really proud to be a part of it. Well, and and thank you for inviting me to come uh, be part of it one yes, evening and muddy the excellent. waters. Students love it. <laughs> if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.